listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies, here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Let's get this show on the road! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> Across the nation, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, australiantruckradio.com.au. Mike, how was your Christmas, mate? Let's put it this way, mate. I still can't get my belt done up for the same hole it normally goes. A <laughs> bit of a challenge, recovering from the food coma slowly. Oh, yeah. That takes a bit of time. Mm. Yeah, and it's very easy to keep topping it up, too, when there's still all those leftovers. Yeah, well, I was out in the kitchen there before, mate. I've still got half a sort of a half a ham left. Mm-hmm. And you can't sort of walk past without having a slice, you know? Half a ham, there's your lunch. Well, that's right. That's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hell of a barbecue too for a present, so we've sort of christened that. Very good. I've even barbecued breakfast, mate. It's just, it's insane. <laughs> Why not? Why not? The great Australian way. Well, mate, here we are at the end of another year of podcasting, the ups and downs, the joys and the tragedies, the laughs and the head-scratching moments that are all about trucking in this wide brown land of ours. That's right, yes. Mm. Mate, it's been a wonderful year. We've done a lot of things this year. We have. We've broken some news. We've talked to some brilliant people. We've had some famous and infamous people on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Which category do we fall into? I think I'm infamous. Yeah, I think I might be too. Mm. <laughs> well, you're certainly infamous in New Zealand, mate. <laughs> yeah, with good reason. <laughs> well, mate, would you believe 55 episodes in total, around 80 interviews... Innumerable taking it to the street segments, more than 18 hours of news all up, around 100 songs from Aussie artists. It's been a huge year. Mate, I am blown away when you look at the numbers that we've actually done Hmm. over the course of the year. I mean, we can pat ourselves on the back. I got sidetracked by the Spotify numbers the other day when I was looking to upload the latest episode. Yeah. And we have produced more content than 94% of the other podcasts in our area Mm. our show's been in the top five percent shared globally Mm. and to me that's just a magnificent achievement not too bad for a pair of old guys and that's all quality too not just quantity that's right and you know we've come to the attention of all sorts of people hopefully we can hide from most of them (laughs) well they don't know where we live that's the good part yeah we've been quoted in the senate of australia Mm. we've been quoted in the roadhouses i know that yeah. I heard a couple of blokes talking about us on the UHF the other night. That was funny to have a listen to. You know, there's a lot of very, very, very interesting conversations we've started and contributed to. And our guests, of course, have contributed their bit to the conversations. And hopefully, from the feedback that I've received, we've certainly informed a few opinions around the, not so much the water cooler, but the diesel pump in the fuel island, you know. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we haven't been mentioning the courts of law too much just yet. No, 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 no. 
made a fairly broad question early in the piece, mm. and it's a bit like asking which one's your favourite child, but do you have a favourite moment, like a standout moment of all the stuff we've recorded this year? There are probably a couple of standout moments for me. I said obviously the first one was when we were talking to Lex Forsyth about the drama that they were having getting their truck sorted out, and then all of a sudden it miraculously happened. Mm. I wouldn't like to say that we were responsible for that, yeah. but we were certainly on the cutting edge of the conversation when that happened. Mm. Obviously, show 102, when I did my big rant about driver retention and why drivers leave, and then to have Senator Glenn Stirl quote that in the Senate, word for word, basically for 10 minutes, that was a bit of a moment for me anyway. For sure, man. Yeah. And obviously... Just the amount of conversations that we've had with respect to sharing the news and, and the fact that we've been, if not at the very front, we've certainly been in the leading pack when it comes to the news and of obviously the guests that we've had yep. talking about the various bits and pieces. And some of the music artists you've had, Gina Jeffries and Tanya Kernigan, for me, those sort of highlights that we've got, if it was just one highlight, we could be proud. But, mate, there are just so many. Yeah. For that reason, I am quite happy with what we've done. I'm very proud of you. And your work. <laughs> and I'm proud of you and your work, mate. Oh, stop it. Like I said, no real show about Andy. <laughs> you make me sound good. As I've said several times, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I've certainly said it in private. I don't remember saying that. I think Andy put that in there. Yeah. I think he made that happen. <laughs> Dirty job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> so do you reckon you can guess what my favourite moment would have been? Oh, uh, probably somewhere where you got me to shut up for five seconds. Oh, it's close. Personally, the standout for me was episode 112 when you admitted you were wrong about something. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was. I was wrong. Yeah. That was a super standout moment. I started having a look through some of the really specific statistics, but I pretty quickly realized that it's going to take me about a year in itself just to dig them all out. Yeah. But just by way of a generalized recap, the most frequently mentioned topics of conversation, and this is no particular order, yep. were rest areas. Yep. Driver fatigue and safety. Yes. Rates. <laughs> yeah. Driver training and retention. Yep. Electric vehicles. And they were the ones that probably in different forms kept rearing their not necessarily ugly heads and obviously were areas of major importance. But yep. we had a really diverse range of guests from industry identities and Aussie music artists, people from the supercars, paddock health and safety experts, union leaders, transport industry association representatives, people from our wonderful sponsors from NTI and QR, just with a real broad ground base of expertise and knowledge from across the board on an endless variety of subjects. It was bloody huge. Yeah. And you want to know what the funniest part about all this is, Andy? Hmm. We've tried to pack that into a show an hour, hour and a half long once a week. Yep. And you and I have both struggled with that. Yeah. There's just so much stuff that's out there to talk about. Hmm. So many people that we can talk to. And so much information to share. We could do an hour's show every day, but the problem with it is, mate, we just don't have the time to edit it and put it together because we've both got lives. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I spend a lot of time staring out the windscreen, you know? Yeah. And I know you spare a lot of time staring at a square screen. Yeah. There are so many opportunities and things, interviews, opportunities that we've had to just pass on. Yeah. Simply because we don't have the time to do it justice, and I hate not being able to talk about something properly. You know that. Mm, mm. And, of course, I'm a bit of a dog with a bone sometimes with some subjects. Really? No. <laughs> not that I would have noticed. No one would ever notice, would they? 
Well, you know, in addition to all our formal guests, we also featured a number of our listeners' comments where they took advantage of the opportunity that you've always offered mm. for anyone to get something off their chest or to start a necessary conversation. It, yeah, yeah. That's been really interesting too. That's sort of right from the horse's mouth. I've always liked that idea. Hmm. It's one of the things that I hope to take to the next level very, very shortly, as you know. And I think it's important that the listeners have some sort of ownership of what's going on. Yep. And we focus on the things that are important to other people. I mean, I could talk about the things that are important to me all day. You know that. Mm, I certainly do. Everyone's got a right to an opinion, and you've particularly got a right to mine. To yours, yeah. yeah. You know, but other people out there don't share my point of view. As a matter of fact, it's quite funny, some of the feedback we get, particularly when I interviewed our friends from the TWU, mm. you know, both the Victorian guys and obviously Michael Kane, the National Secretary, mm. and people say, oh, well, there are so many things that you would disagree with them on. Why did you not cut them up? You know, why did you not grab them by the ears and give them a good shake, you know, metaphorically speaking? Yeah. And the answer to that's simple, because we agree on a lot of things. We do disagree on some things, but we've got to work together on the things we agree on. And I think sometimes we get a little bit short-sighted by perhaps being able to take a short-term victory in a bit of a feel-good moment yeah. out of the good that you can all do together over time. Well, that's right. And it was good with Michael Caine getting him on a second time and, and that really wonderful explanation he gave of the gig economy and stuff. So it was all useful yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He had a bit of a laugh about uh, going into the ring. Mm. That bit of a humorous bit we did at the start, you know. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> In the red corner. Yeah, no, that made me laugh. That was funny. And he saw it was funny too. Yeah. There's a bridge for everyone. And I suppose that's what the show's been about for me, to sort of try and build that bridge to start the conversations. And we've done that. We really have done that. Well, it's like you say, giving the industry a voice. Mm. Yeah. Well, amongst the stats there, mate, the ones that I really wanted to do and realised it was never going to happen, there were three particular sayings that I wanted to find out just how frequently they came up. Yep. Because I thought the numbers would be a bit scary. But the first one is, the fact of the matter is. <laughs> the second one is, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And the third one is, it's a bit of a... So I don't know. I haven't got actual stats on that. But we can pretty much safely say that they would be in the many thousands. Well, the fact of the matter is, mate, I... <laughs> <laughs> It's just one of those things, isn't it? Oh, mate, it is. And all that stuff. Oh, uh, look. <laughs> it's scary. It is scary when you think about it. Oh, yeah. I have listened back to some of the episodes. Sometimes you think, what did you say that for? And you sort of have a bit of a listen to it all. And I think to myself, God, jeez, I wish you'd stop saying that. <laughs> there was one interview I, I listened back to when we were, I was listening to the master of it. Mm. I think it was when we were talking to Murphy in New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. And I kept saying, yep, all the time. Yep, 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 yep. And I thought, for God's sake. <laughs> At least he didn't say, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of think to myself, God. But it's the way when you're listening to someone and when they're saying something that's really, really interesting to you, yeah. you're saying yes to them to get them to continue to say more on what it is that they're talking about. Hmm. To sit down and talk with Murphy about road safety, which is something obviously we're both passionate about, hmm. that's one of those opportunities that this show has afforded me the opportunity to do. Yeah. You know, in an ordinary world, I wouldn't get to sit down with someone like Greg Murphy and talk about road safety for 30 minutes. No, well, that's right. But in regard to Murph, you don't really need to encourage him to keep talking. Well, we're both the same, I think. When it comes to something we're passionate about, we talk with marbles in our mouth, I think. Yeah, mouthful of wet cement yeah. and a leg of lamb, yeah. 
There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Speaking of personal endearing idiosyncrasies that we have, mm. of all my dad jokes this year, is there any one of them that was almost funny? <laughs> no. <laughs> Good. Glad we got that covered. Excellent. Oh, look, they're all so memorable in their own way. They, they, yeah. <laughs> I might have to ask our friends in New Zealand about that, I'm sure. Oh, look, it was quite funny. We were sitting down and we were having fish and chips together. Hmm. I'm not even lying when I say that because we actually were having fish and chips. And, you, you know, your Michael McIntyre bit that you had on the show the other week. Oh, yeah. Where he talks about how they have a, a very uh, interesting relationship with vowels. Yeah, yeah, they're all interchangeable. Yeah, that was worth an email. That was <laughs> <laughs> what to us or to uh, Michael McIntyre? No, well, I reckon we should forward it to him. Yeah, we should. The conversation that that I had with the guys in New Zealand about their interesting relationship with vowels and how they like to mangle words. Mm. The synchronicity of some of the conversations that you had was really quite interesting. Yeah. Well, speaking of New Zealand. You did, not that long ago, a cultural exchange run across the Dutch. I did. I did. Were there any real differences between Aussie trucking and New Zealand trucking? I mean, apart from their driver reviver facilities at rest areas that don't actually have free coffee, they just have a handful of sheep for sharing. <laughs> or is it sharing? Well, first of all, you've got to find a rest area in New Zealand. That's the hard part. Right. They're not very common. Mm. Trucking in New Zealand and trucking in Australia... I think about the only thing that we have in common is we drive trucks mm. and we move freight. That's it. Mm. The way things are done in New Zealand, I think, is very, very different to the way we do them here. Certainly the way the roads are funded over there is very, very different. I was amazed to discover that if you run your permit trucks to the limit of the permits over there, you can be paying 76 cents a kilometre for road tax to road user charges. True. It's just absolutely diabolically mind-blowing, the level of the charges over there. Mm. Obviously, they don't pay the same for registrations we pay. But believe me, we could pay twice as much for registrations we currently pay and we'd be better off than the road user charge system that they've got over there. Yeah. So you've got to be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Yeah. They don't have a big culture for sleeping in their trucks over there. They don't do what we do as far as that goes. But then again... They don't have the distance. They don't have the distance. But they do have the time, the travel times on the roads. Mm. and some of the windy little roads that you've got to drive around. We drove down through the middle from Nelson down to Christchurch, down through Lewis Pass. And seriously, it's like driving down the Black Spur in the Dandenongs. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And they've got trucks on that road that you really wouldn't want to encounter on the spur. Mm. The way they do things over there, and, and even the weight limits, they're only allowed, I think, 15 tonne on the drive, we're allowed 16 and a half, and uh, 18 tonne on a try, and we're allowed 20 and a half. 
for the basic weights. Mm. And of course, our permit system, our AM system in Western Australia and the HVR, HVNL stuff on the East Coast, we're poles apart in what we can and can't do. Mm. And the way we do things, even the pallets are different over there. I couldn't believe it. In what way? They've got virtually a, like a full width pallet that goes across the whole trailer and just lift out from one side. Okay. I'm not saying that they don't use chet pallets or anything, but some of the freight handling equipment that I saw when I was over there is very, very different to what we have. And they're very into twin steer trucks, twin steer ridges with five axle trailers, all low profile tires. Okay. And they're 32 pallet, 34 pallet, 36 pallet combination. So what we would see on a B-double, they're getting in something that's shorter. Mm. And of course, they've got that lovely ferry situation happening between the North and the South Island. And virtually all the trucks and trailers have got tie-down points and they go backwards and forwards on these ferries that they run backwards and forwards all the time. Yeah. So there's, they've got that in the mix. You want to know the thing that blew me away most about that, the ferry situation over there? Mm. There's not a rest area on either side. Well, you know, I was just thinking about that as you were talking. You were saying how they don't sleep in their cabs that much. Yeah. I reckon the reason they don't do that and the reason that they don't have rest areas, mm. if you stopped your truck for too long, those bloody Kia birds would eat it. <laughs> Maybe they would. They're destructive little buggers. I never saw one of those. I saw one at the top of Arthur's Pass there. Yeah. And it was halfway through eating a camper van. Bit by bit, just picking off the rubber strips and the windscreen wipers and <laughs> oh, diabolical. Did I tell you the story about taking the old W model for a drive over there? You did mention it, but not in any detail. It's a funny story. It's funny now, but it wasn't then. It was bloody humiliating at the time. Oh, good. Well, I'm sure all our listeners want to hear about you being humiliated. I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> Went down to Nelson and we picked up, I'd like to think it was an old W model Seattle. Mm-hmm. 15 overdrive and the 900 inch steering wheel and, and, and all that a little just a little w model day cab thing and i couldn't put the seat back very far and these are all excuses right hmm. so i'm sitting in the passenger seat beside the bloke that is the manager of the company ed solly his name is and it's solly's transport and i went for the ride with ed from nelson virtually down to christchurch hmm. and he's driving the truck and i've got a bit of video of this i probably should put up but this thing, such a cool old truck, you know, mm. and it's in such fantastic condition and it's still a daily driver. It gets worked. It still works. Right. We're driving down the road and I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I'm really enjoying the experience, the nostalgia of it. In fact, Dave McCoy, the editor of New Zealand Truck Magazine, the guy that hosted me in New Zealand, this truck was actually in his wedding. It was his wedding truck. Oh, nice. So there's just so much history and uh, so many people hold this truck in affection. Rocky, the truck's called. And Ed's driving along and gear change. We've got the windows wound down so we can just hear the note of the exhausts and sound of the jake brake and everything going on. We were like boys enjoying the sound of a fine V8. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was talking to Ed and I was telling him how uh, Yogi Kendall has this thing called Jake Brake Friday that he does. And Ed came straight back to me and he said, what, he only uses the jake on a Friday? <laughs> and, and I said, no, he does jake Brake Friday. And he said, well, here, mate, every day's Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This will tell you what the sense of humor is like. Mm. Anyway, we're through the worst parts of this Lewis Pass and that, and Ed says to me, would you like to have a steer? And of course, I couldn't contain myself. I was like a kid in a lolly shop, and I got into the driver's seat and pushed the seat back as far as I could get, and I couldn't get it back any further because I need a little day cab. These trucks are built for guys who are a lot smaller than me, right? Mm. Anyway, I've worked out what's going on with this thing, and I've had a bit of a think about it because it's been a long time since I've driven a 15 overdrive, let me tell you. 
trying to you know get the foot on the clutch and only the last couple of inches of the clutch travel were clutch. The other three feet to the floor were nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to take off and I made it sort of do a bit of a kangaroo hop because I haven't lifted the clutch up far enough. And the top of my knee was getting stuck under the steering wheel. And so I've ended up having to cock my leg out to the side to get it to go past the steering wheel and engage the clutch properly. Mm. And I should have realized right then that I was going to have a problem down the track, but it didn't even occur to me. I was too excited about getting this thing motivated, you know? Yeah. Of course, I've shifted through the first couple of gears using the clutch, and I thought, oh, no, this is great. I can just float these. That's not a problem. So we'll just float the gears, which is something that I can do. Like most truck drivers who drive a road range, you certainly after you've done it for a while, you can change the gears without using the clutch. Mm. So we're floating it up and I've got it up into top gear and I'm grinning and Ed's grinning and we're just listening to the sound of the truck down the road a little bit after I've been driving it for a little while. Obviously now it's in top gear. The gear lever's snug over against my leg and my leg is also stuck under the steering wheel. Right. So I can't get the leg up far enough now to get the foot on the clutch. Okay. This is a bit of a challenge. Mm. we're going up a little bit of a hill and anyway i've let it lug back a little bit and i thought it'd go over because i'm used to driving trucks with 620 horsepower but this thing hasn't got anywhere near that <laughs> and, uh, yeah so anyway we're starting to lug up on this bit of a hill and i'm thinking oh geez i better give it a gear and of course i've let the gearbox load up too much to float it out without using the clutch mm. i've got to put my foot on the clutch and of course i can't get my foot anywhere near the freaking clutch to depress it to, <laughs> to knock it out of gear mm. And it's starting to load up and load up and load up and the revs are coming down and she's starting to work really hard. And of course, the more I'm panicking and trying to get my bloody leg out to get the foot on the clutch so I can just knock it out of gear and find another gear and I'm getting more and more concerned. Bear in mind, I've got the guy that owns the truck that loves this thing like it's a small child sitting in the passenger seat like not a foot from me. Mm. And, you know, I've talked a pretty big game. You know, he knows that I drove quads in the Pilbara. He knows that I drive a 909 tow and a tanker. And here am I being made a fool of by an old W model Kenworth. He's sitting in the passenger seat laughing his ass off. Mm -hmm. Find it, don't grind it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Anyway, we went over the bit of a rise and it managed to make it over and we built up a little bit of speed and unloaded the gearbox. And it was all more good luck than good management, I've got to say, in all fairness. Yeah. And we're coming down into this little town of Culverton and there's a parking bay that's 50k zone, parking bay at the other end of it. And the guys from Long Hall are there and they've got cameras and they're videoing all this sort of stuff. And they're expecting me to come down to the parking bay and make a real meal of this downshifting double clutch and a jake brake roar and the whole bloody thing and just make a real meal of going into this parking area. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I unloaded the clutch enough to get it out of gear, <laughs> I popped it into neutral, just kept a few revs on with the throttle and I just coasted into the parking bay silent. And everyone's amazed. And then the ultimate humiliation. Mm. I forgot, unlike my 90 that I drive all the time, once it falls below a certain amount of revs, it just turns the engine brake off automatically. You can have the switch on, but it just turns it off. It doesn't use it. Mm. No such technology exists in W model Kenworths from the early 80s, mate. No. <laughs> the engine brake was still turned on. Mm. I lifted my foot off the accelerator and Jake stalled it no. in the parking bay on film in front of an audience of about 10 people. Not drawing attention to yourself in any way whatsoever. And everyone just looked at it and looked at me, and I thought, there you go. So that's my humiliation story, mate. Clutchless in Seattle, I think we should call that story. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where you're going to go with that. I mean, earlier in the piece when you're talking about cocking your leg and not being able to get a leg over, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, 
what you do in the privacy of your own trucks, one thing, but in someone else's, really? Yeah, well, mate, I'd kicked the shoe off trying to get just enough space, that last half inch I needed. Was it a shoe or a jandal? It was a shoe, because we don't drive in jandals, mate. No. Do they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They absolutely do. I thought they might. Well, there's more to this story, though. Oh, go on. Yeah. So I ended up taking one of Solly's Scania 620s for a test drive on the Sunday after the truck show. Mm. And everyone was telling me, clapping me on the shoulder and saying, it's all right, mate, you'll be right with that one. Mick, it hasn't got a clutch. <laughs> so that was a bit of a joke. We're at the truck show at Christchurch and Ed Solly walked up behind me. I didn't see him coming. He touched me on the shoulder and he just went <laughs> like the grinding gear noise and walked away laughing his ass off. Uh, and I swear to Christ, if I got over there now and he walked up to me, the first thing he would do would be make a grinding gear noise at me. Yeah. That's the level of sense of humor we're dealing with across the ditch, mate. Oh, uh, well, the good thing is that won't stick with you for the rest of your life. I don't know about that. Much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Got me there, Andy. Got you go. Better throw out those anchors, buddy. The traffic's at a standstill up here. I reckon some clown's got himself stuck under the Dunlop Terrace Railway Bridge again. Again? Maybe he was delivering a bridge and ran out of diesel. Yeah, no, it's no joke, really. According to Queensland Rail, there's been 65 bridge strikes and around 280 of those protection beams hit on the Queensland Rail network in the last financial year. With the fines around 11 and a half grand, you'd think drivers would make a point of knowing the height of their truck. The fines are one thing. More to the point, these people are risking their lives and putting others in danger. Yeah, roger that. Maybe Queensland Rail should do some kind of educational advertising to warn drivers about the danger of brute strikes. They are, mate. Why do you think we're recording this? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're smart people at Queensland Rail. Yeah, good looking too, just like us. <laughs> this safety message is brought to you by Queensland Rail as a reminder to us all that size matters. Know your trucking height. You spent a little bit of time travelling this year, and, mm. and in addition to the cultural exchange to Unzud, you went out to the annual reunion at Alice Springs. Yeah. How was that for you? What were the highlights? Mate, the highlight for that was sitting around a table in a Chinese restaurant, having a succulent Chinese meal. That's a bit of a reference, isn't it? Yes. Sitting around the table, and there was probably eight or nine guys there, and they were all well into their formative years, let me say, swapping stories about what was going on. And someone said to me, you know, Barry Grimson, sleepy. And I said, yeah, I do. He said, oh, I haven't spoken to Barry for ages. And, and I said, oh, okay, right. And I said, well, I've, I've got his phone number. I'll give him a ring and you can say good day to him. So I pulled out the phone and I dialed Barry up and I quick quick chat to Barry. Barry was actually in his truck working at the time. Mm. I said, this bloke here reckons he knows you. And Barry said, oh, what's his name? Said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I handed the phone over. So after the phone went around, about like 30 minutes later, I got my phone back because mm. he knew everyone that was sitting at the table. No. It was quite funny. He reckoned I was in there with a bad bunch of boys. Mm. I should look out for myself. You know? <laughs> but meeting all those drivers, some guys that were inducted and some were yet to be, and just being part of the whole makes me a little bit misty even just thinking about it now, mate. Mm. It's just the atmosphere. And I would say to you and to anyone that's listening, if you haven't been to the Hall of Fame for the induction, then you really, really haven't experienced the flavour and the atmosphere and what the history is. It was just one of those things. I met some very, very, very interesting people and had some great conversations and I wish that it hadn't been over quite so quickly. Yeah. It was a pleasure to be out there and cover it for big rigs and us and the guys in New Zealand. It was great. Lots of experience. Definite bucket list experience. Mm, absolutely. 
Now, mate, on a broader level, what did you see as being the biggest stories or issues, if you will, that the trucking industry in Australia faced in this year, 2022? Well, we've got the rest area thing coming up with Stirl and the steering committee. Hmm. It hasn't been as straightforward as I'd have hoped it would be. And I you know, obviously certainly threw my head in the ring on that. We still haven't got any answers for that. I expect that we won't get any until midway through January. We find out how all that's going to work. I've actually got a bet on with Yogi about all this. We've bet a cart in a bush chook, mm-hmm. cart in a beamu. Mm-hmm. And Yogi reckons that it may well turn into nothing. And I've got a little bit more faith in that. So I'd hope that we'll get something out of that. Looking at that rest area issue... The Green Reflector program would be one of the things I would like to see really looked at properly and get that rolled out across the whole country because it doesn't exist everywhere at the moment. Mm. Getting the proper amount of funding that that needs to get that to happen because I know that I've heard Adam Gibson say that it's one of the best bang for its buck safety things that he's ever seen or heard about and I agree with that. It absolutely is. Mm. And Rod Hanafy, how that man has never got an order of Australia is beyond me. I really don't understand why he's not been recognised in that way. I would like to think that someday he will be. Well, perhaps that's something that Glenn Stoll needs to be working on. Well, I don't know. Uh, they're, they're, Put a word in. We've got to have a look at the whole process of how it all happens, I think. But there are very few people that have done as much and dedicated as much of their life to road safety that Rod Hanafy has. Mm. And as I've said before, if there's anyone that knows anything more about rest areas or proper placement of rest areas or the assessment of fatigue or the roads in this country, then Rod Hannafield, yeah. if anyone knows any more than him, I'd absolutely love to meet him. I really would. Yeah. Because I don't think the list would be very long, if at all. Well, as a second part to that, if you had a crystal ball, what would you say are likely to be the biggest issues we're going to face as an industry in 2023? Well... The issues that we face now, obviously, the biggest issues are rates and remuneration and driver retention. They're the biggest issues. Always have been, always will be. Mm -hmm. And if you talk to any of the companies about whatever their top few things are to to deal with, obviously, the companies are very interested in recruitment and retention. Mm -hmm. We've had every single industry body rabbiting on about that, how hard it is to get drivers and how hard it is to keep them, how hard it is to train them. And the the thing that I find wildly amusing, you know, if they charge proper rates and they paid the drivers properly, that'd solve their top five problems. Yep. I don't know. I mean, I've banged on about that, as you know. It's been one of the top conversation pieces for the whole show for basically last year, talking about it. In fact, that was the basis of the rant and show 102. Yep. The answers are there. Plan as a nose on your face. It's the willingness to do what needs to be done to address the questions. There's plenty of places in history where you can look back at where we can say, well, the answers were there right in front of you. Politicians and leaders and things like that, and the answers were there and you didn't address the issues. And don't you wish that you'd paid the price then compared to the price that you're paying now? History's littered with it. Yeah, well, we did draw attention to that numerous times across the year last year, but what I'm asking you to do here is stick your neck out Mm. and looking at next year, make some predictions. What do you think is going to happen with these things? Nothing. Not what you'd like to see happen, but what do you think will happen? What I think will happen is I think that the likes of the ATA and that will continue to talk about things and push their agenda. And they're going to push the PBS agenda Mm -hmm. without addressing any of the other issues that go along with it, like appropriate size rest areas and things like that, because they've got a more commercial interest. Mm. The NTC are going along with their license review and playing in the periphery. I think that next year we will see yet another year of kicking the can down the road as far as anything really constructive is done. 
So to agree, you're saying same old, same old. Same old, same old for a lot of it. Mm. I mean, there's that much damage being done to our roads over the course of the last several months with all this flooding, etc. The roads authorities and the road constructing crews and everything, they're going to be fully focused on basically repairing the roads. You know, they've got no time for other projects, I don't think. The worst part about it, my prediction, is that we will fix the road to the state that they were five years ago, not the state that they need to be. Yeah. That's a prediction for you. And as far as the rest area thing goes, well, I'd like to predict that we actually do some good out of that. Hmm. That's more of a hope than an actual prediction. Yeah. I think that there's going to be a lot of movement in that area. Just how far, I suppose, is just the next question. Well, I think we've come too far for it to fall flat in its face at this stage. So, Well, that's right. To some degree, we're going to see results, I'd say. Mm. Yeah. In your little black book, Mike, of people you really want to interview in 2023 that you haven't had an opportunity to chat with yet, who would you have? I mean, obviously, the first start is (laughs) Dick Smith. Yeah, that's right. I want to get Dick back and need to have a chat. I need to apologise to him for my computer having a meltdown and not getting backed up. Terrible. Yeah. So Dick Smith's high on the list. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get Warren Clark, actually. I'd like to get Warren to grow a set and come and talk to us. <laughs> okay. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, don't beat around the bush. Get to the point. No, look, who do I really want to talk to? Mm-hmm. Everyone. We should mention there that so much of who we decide who we talk to on the show, a lot of that's up to you guys. Yeah. So if there's someone that you particularly want us to talk to or someone that you know has information or news or wisdom or whatever that other listeners need to hear, yeah, please let us know so that we can chase them up. Mike's pretty good. I mean, if you could get Carl Stefanovic, <laughs> for God's sake, and the head of the TWU on, he can get anyone. So, yeah, yeah let us know. Sometimes it's amazing how interested people are when they find out you know, what's going on and, and they have a bit of a listen to what we do if they haven't heard us already and hmm. they realise that we're not mad. <laughs> what a, what a <laughs> really? get on having a chat. But look, it's all about education. Look, I'd interview a black snake if I thought I could get some sense out of him. I've had one of them going through my backyard in the last two days, mate. I've just put out four electronic snake eliminators. Well, I don't know if they work or not, but we'll find out. But if I find one, I'll let them know and post him down to you so you can interview him. Yeah, good on you. Thank you. Mm. It's about what I'd expect from you. Well, mate, have you got anything particularly you'd like to share with the listeners? Any any messages you'd like to pass on as our last show for the year? Any news that's happening that we might need to drop? Any news? Look, I was having a look at the news and we're in a bit of a hiatus at the moment as far as news goes. There's really not a great deal happening. There's a bit happening out there as far as the usual industry promotion stuff. Obviously, we're looking forward to the Brisbane Truck Show next year, Mm -hmm. and we look forward to seeing everyone there at that. Obviously, there is some news that's happening that I'm not ready to share with people yet, Mm -hmm. but there is some very momentous things happening with the podcast and with another project that we've got going. Some very exciting things. Very exciting. Mm. The audio book's just about ready to go, you tell me, mate. Mate, we're into the final edit stage as we speak. So are we looking for an Australia Day launch? Is that a scoop? That would be the plan. I didn't say this Australia Day, though. This, Yeah, no, let's <laughs> nail it down to this Australia Day, shall we? Oh, okay. Oh, so you want me to rush it, right? Yeah, you've got to put a rush on it now, mate. Mm. So this Australia Day, Razorback, the true story written by our good mate, Ted Green Dog Stevens. Mm. If there was ever anyone that I would have wanted to have spoken to, he would be one. He would be in my top 10. Yeah. And unfortunately, the chance has passed by now. Mm. So the next best thing we've got is his book. Well, I can honestly tell you, mate, I read the book and it's a great book to read. Yeah. But when you have the time and the necessity to sit down and go through it with a fine-tooth comb because you're voicing it, 
Yeah. There is so much more to it than just at first take. Yeah. It's a brilliant story. There's just so many different levels of emotions and history and good over evil and evil over good. And it's, it's just a great story. So yeah, hurry up, Andy, get it out there. Basically. Yeah. 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 yeah, and of course the next project that we've got, mm. which we probably would like to maybe launch in Australia Day next, that's a twenty-four. The way we're going, mm. two lifetimes behind the wheel by John Beetle Bailey. Beetle Bailey, yeah, mate. This guy is absolutely just amazing. Some of the little stories in this book. Mm. That's our next project. I think I've talked you into doing that one, haven't I? Well, yeah. As soon as you give me a little more free time to do it, I'll be onto it. Right, eh? Mm. We'll have to discuss your free time issues over a couple of pies and a half a bottle of whiskey. Or a full bottle. Or is that each? It's half a bottle each, mate. Yeah, fair enough. Does that sound right? Sounds good to me. Right, eh? Well, mate, I suppose we better uh, draw this to a close, but it, it's actually been nice to catch up with you and have a bit of a yak over all the hard work we've done over the last year because yeah. now we can look back on it and smile rather than looking back on the blood, sweat and tears that we went through to get it there. That's right. And this is one of these conversations that we've had so often mm. where we thought, well, maybe we should record should this. Record maybe it. the listeners need to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has. It's been a monstrous year and, and it's been a great year and there's been a lot in the industry on many different levels from great to, oh, God, no. But it's a credit to you, mate, and all your hard work in digging out all the information and finding the people to talk to and getting the people who won't talk to talk, which is no mean feat in itself. So thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure working with you on all that side of things. And just from my point of view, and you can certainly share yours in a sec, but from my point of view, thank you very much to the listeners. You know, we look back on these stats that we've been getting on how much the podcast has grown, and that's not because we're necessarily doing anything great. It's because of you guys and your commitment to the industry you work in and your support of a couple of old blokes that, that are trying to do what they can to help along the way. So yeah. thank you to all the listeners. Huge thank you to our wonderful sponsors, NTI and Queensland Rail. Those guys have stuck with us through thick and thin and supported us. So thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you, Mike, very much. Roll on 2023. Thank you to you, because we make the show together. Mm. You certainly make it so that the guys that are listening to the show in the cab of the truck or in the car or wherever they are are getting a quality product in their ear. And, and that's one of the reasons why our sponsors love us as well, because they know that what we're doing is worth doing and they know that it sounds good. Well, it's been an absolute pressure. Pleasure. Pleasure. I'm sure it has. <laughs> like I say... I look back at what we've done. I'm so proud of what we've done. I'm so proud of what's to come. And life's going to continue to be an adventure. Let's put it that way. I have no doubts. Righto, mate. Thanks for that. And I suppose, uh, what can we say? I'll see you on the road. Well, Happy New Year to you, mate. And Happy New Year to our listeners. Indeed. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. In November, country music hitmakers Lee Kernigan and the Wolf Brothers celebrated an incredible 10 years of working together, performing their final show as a touring outfit in Hobart in what was one of Australian country music's most successful collaborations. To focus on their upcoming album release and national tour, the Wolf Brothers have handed the baton on to Newcastle Hotshot's Hurricane Fall, who will be joining Kernigan as touring partners for his 2023 festival and touring dates. 
Hurricane Fall performed their very first show with Lee at the inaugural Country Sounds Festival in Brunswick, WA, and received a huge welcome from the Capacity West Australian crowd. Kernigan said, It's the beginning of a new era. Jesse V, Pepper DeRoy, Luke Wilden, Tim Hickey and Lachlan Coffey are powerhouse musicians and songwriters, and on top of that, they're top-notch fellas. I'm super excited to be hitting the stage with the boys and the brand new touring show. Now we introduced the band to you a little while back, but to refresh your memory, here's another of the great songs from Hurricane Fall and their country rocker, Everything. Recently we played a piece for you by the very naughty British comedian Michael McIntyre where he gave our Kiwi brothers a bit of grief over what he says is their rather loose relationship with vowels and how they become interchangeable when it suits. 
Well, this week we've got another piece from Mr McIntyre that doesn't involve taking the mickey out of anyone in particular, but all of us in general, as he looks at that awkward week that falls between Christmas and New Year. Quite frankly, you are into the strangest six days of the whole year. <laughs> it is six days between Christmas Day and New Year's where nobody quite knows what's going on, who they are, <laughs> You don't even know what day it is. We get so confused by they've started to change... The, the days aren't called Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now they're called, you know, Boxing Day, Christmas Eve. So you lose track of it. And you're so full and hungover as well. People just wandering around in a daze. What day is it? I don't even know what day it is. Are the shops open? Do the shops open? Have the sales started? I don't know what day it is. Should I start my diet today? Do I start it today? Is there post today? Does the post come back? Can I park here today? What day is it? Can I park here? When do the bins get taken away? I've never had more rubbish in my life. Can I eat this bit of the turkey or is the turkey finished? Can I have this bit of the turkey? What time is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang on? Nobody knows what they're doing. Also, all the stuff that you get for Christmas, what happens to it? What happens to it? I know we get big presents and it's exciting, but there are certain things that I don't remember throwing away, but I never see them again <laughs> after Christmas Day. Everything I or anyone in my family has ever won in a cracker, where is it? <laughs> where does it go? I have no recollection of binning it, but I've never had anybody, nobody has experienced somebody at any stage of the year just saying anything along the lines of, does anyone fancy a game of mini-cards? Mini-cards? <laughs> I find the full-size deck a little bit overwhelming. Can we just play with the tiny cards? I'm, I'm almost at my baggage allowance, so I bought my miniature cards that I won at Christmas. <laughs> Why measure the whole carpet when we can measure this section and guess the rest? With my mini-tape measure, I won at Christmas. Does anyone have the tiniest amount of sewing I could attend to? Not a lot of sewing. Not a rip or a tear, just a fray. <laughs> so anyway, how are you? Let me consult my mini-coloured curly fish. <laughs> it's curling up at the sides. I'm jealous. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Taking us out of our last show for 2022 is the legend that is Rod Stewart, 
ably supported by Kylie Minogue, Michael Bublé, and a cast of music industry superstars with Old Lang Syne. Take care and be safe and Happy New Year to one and all. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot in the days of old Lang Syne? On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. The team here at On the Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. 